Amen. It'll do something for you that nothing else can ever do. I want to go to the book of beginnings. If you have your Bible with me tonight to the book of Genesis and let me read a passage of scripture. Amen. I don't know where I'm going with this tonight. I'm just going to get on, amen, the old mule and ride if it's okay with you. But let me preach to you my heart tonight. Amen. From the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis, I want to read, amen, and then I'm going to be moving over into the 20th chapter of the same book. Genesis chapter 12, amen, and reading from that passage of Scripture starting at verse number 10. would like to invite you to invite your friends and neighbors and family to come. Amen. This is camp meeting, but it's not a bad time for somebody to get the Holy Ghost. It's a good time. Not a bad time for your children to receive the Holy Ghost, but it's a good time. It's not a bad time for someone who does not know this oneness message to get acquainted with the oneness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe there's only one plan of salvation. And that one plan of salvation is written in the words of God. There's only, there's only one thing God's esteemed greater than his name, and that's his word. Amen. And we are begotten not by fancy preaching, but we're begotten by the word of God. And I thank the Lord for that tonight. Chapter 12, reading at verse number 8. And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went into Egypt to sojourn there. For the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt. He said unto Sarah, his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it shall come to pass, when the Egyptians shall see this, that they shall say, This is his wife, and they will kill me. But they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. If you will, go with me to chapter number 20. Chapter number 20. And let me read from chapter number 20 of the same book of Genesis. And let me read this, verse number 1. And Abraham journeyed thence toward the south country, and dwelleth between Kadesh and Sheor, Surar, and sojourned to Gerar. And Abraham said unto Sarah his wife, She is my sister. Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech, the king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night, and said unto him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. And Abimelech had not come near to her. And he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also the righteous nation? And, she, he, and said he not unto me, she is my sister. And she even herself said, he is my brother. In, it, in the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this. And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thine heart, of thy heart. For I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet. And he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all 
that are thine. I want to preach tonight on what matters the most. Everybody say that with me. What matters the most. You may be seated. God bless you. I'm not preaching tonight about a stranger. I'm not preaching about somebody you've never heard about tonight. But everybody in this building has heard about Father Abraham. Sure you have. Our little kids in Sunday school up home sing Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. So he's not a stranger to any one of us. We talk about him when we talk about faith. He was the father of the faithful. He was a man that staggered not at the promises of God. All the attributes of Abraham, when we talk about him, we're talking about a mighty, powerful man who believed that God could do absolutely anything. We read about how Abraham even took his son, the Bible said the only begotten son of Abraham, the one that God recognized as the heir apparent, and he took him to Mount Moriah and there he was going to offer him as a sacrifice unto God. As they climbed the mountain, the boy said to his father, he said, Father, we have the fire and we've got the wood. Amen, but where is the sacrifice? And this faithful man, Abraham, had enough faith in God to believe and say to the Lord, Amen, son, God himself will provide the sacrifice. You don't worry about the God I serve. My God will never let us down. For in the time of our despair, he has proven to be my God. And I've learned that I can trust in him. He did not write it, but I believed he believed it. That the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous runneth into it and is safe. Abraham was a believer in God. And I believe in this building tonight, there are some folks that are believers in God. You might sometimes get tripped up by the doctrine of men. But I want to tell you one thing tonight. Whatever you do, don't lose your faith in God. Because out of all the things in the world, Jesus said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. But he said, lo, I'll be with you always. Not always, but he said, always, even to the end of the world. So Abraham learned to serve that kind of God. When God called him out of Haran and he said, Abraham, I want you to pack up what you've got. I want you to get away from your kindred. You see the Tower of Babel. Haman had been dispersed. Now it was time for Abraham to move. And the Spirit was beginning to lead Abraham. It kind of reminds you of what the Word of God teaches us. Amen. That a good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. And Abraham said, bless God. I feel like I got to pick them up and set them down. The Holy Ghost is talking to me. Something's moving down inside of my heart. I feel like God's calling me to a distant land. And God said to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to understand this. Hey man, you're going to be the father of a multitude. You're going to be a spiritual pilgrim. I am going to lead you and direct you. And I want you to follow me wherever I ask you to go. And here's the things that I'm going to do for you. Hey man, Abraham was 75 years old. And now God was speaking to Abraham. And God said, Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. And Abraham, I'm going to make your seed like the sands of the sea and like the stars of the heavens. But you've got to put your faith and you've got to put your confidence in me. You've got to 
trust in my power and you got to trust in my word and I want you to know right now Abraham hey man wherever you step I'm going to go with you and I'm going to stand with the indelible pen of time and I'm going to document on the map of this world that every place you put your foot down I'm going to give that to your family and you're not going to have to worry because I'm not going to let you go I'm going to take care of you Abraham put your faith and your confidence in me and Abraham at 75 years old Haman left Haran with a promise from God Haman that God was going to establish a great nation that God was going to establish his name and he said Abraham you're going to be a blessing wherever you go but I want you to learn to walk by faith and not by sight and Abraham packed up everything he had he said Sarah here's what I want you to do I want you to get in the kitchen and rattle the pots and pans I want you to pack up the old trunk I want you to get the camel ready honey we're going to take a trip it's going to be like no other trip we've ever had in our life but I've got a mission from God on my inside something's burning me I can't stay where I am you see I've got some land to trot out and I've got some places I've got to go I've got to listen to God I can't listen to man I've got to follow the spirit I've got to listen to what God's saying to my soul Good God Almighty. And Abraham packed up everything he had. And Abraham started out on a long journey. Hey man, when they came to the place where Pharaoh was, hey man, came to down where the Egyptians dwelt. Abraham began to fear for his life. And he said, honey, I'm afraid that when we get down there where Pharaoh is and the Egyptians see you, you're one pretty thing, I'm telling you that right now. You're the love of my life. And if they find out that you're my wife, here's what they're going to do. He said, they're going to kill me, brother, and they're going to keep you alive. So when we get down there in the land of Egypt, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell them that you're my sister. And that was not really a lie. Hey man, because she, my friend, hey man, was the daughter of his father, but not the daughter of his mother. But he said, I want you to tell them that you're my sister. Why in the world did Abraham said that? Abraham was afraid they would take his life. You got remember brother that Abraham was just like you or I. Hey man he was not the Christ. He was just a prophet of God. He was somebody that believed in the Lord but he was a human being and he began to fear for his life. Folks I'm telling you right now you gotta be careful. You can't let the devil put fear in your heart. Fear is the opposite of faith and fear will kill everything that God wants to do. I got Brother King, he said, I'm worried about it. If I get down there in the land of Egypt and they see what a beautiful woman you are, they're going to take your life or take my life and save you alive. And so Abraham said, this is what you can do for me. This is the kindness that you can show to me, honey. Hey man, when we get down there to save me alive, I want you to tell them that you are my sister. Hey man, would you do that? You know, I sometimes wonder about Abraham. I know he was the father of the faithful. Hey man, I know he was a man who loved God. But down inside of his heart, he had a little fear. And now he was jeopardizing, my friend, the promise for his own fear that was on his inside. Hey man, sometimes in this life, you've got to decide what really matters the most. For there are times that you've got to take your stand. It 
doesn't matter, friend, what kind of price you've got to pay. It doesn't matter what kind of trouble you're going to go through. Hey, man, you've got to make up your mind to live for God. I never will forget there was a black sister in Dayton, Ohio, years ago. She rode the city transit back and forth to church. She was faithful to come to church and she would worship God. Hey, man, when she came to church, she just cut it all loose. Hey, man, she had herself a tie. She would dance in the spirit and shout and glorify God. Hey, man, but she said, I'm telling you right now, my Jesus has never done me any wrong. He's going to take care of me. On the way from home from church one night, hey, man, they had a glorious service. They came down to the bus stop. About that time, she was surrounded by seven hoodlums. Every one of them pulled out a switchblade knife. They snapped it open and she could hear the clicking of the steel. And they said, black lady, hey, man, we're going to cut your heart out. Hey, man, we're going to leave it lay right here on the sidewalk. Hey, man, that sister knelt down on her knees and she lifted her hands to God and she said, gentlemen, I don't care, but I know what matters the most. And she began to call on the name of Jesus Christ. And she said, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. And about that time, she said she heard the patter of feet and the clinking of steel on the sidewalk. When she opened her eyes up, amen, laying around her was a circle of switchblade knives and the presence of God came down on her and on that street corner, she shouted and had herself a Holy Ghost time. Abraham, oh, Abraham, I'm telling you, Abraham, hey man, fear begin to grip his heart. You gotta, you gotta cover for me, honey. You gotta cover for me because when I get down there, they'll kill me. You're such a beautiful lady, they'll kill me. Hey man, but listen, Abraham, I'll do that for you because she was a submissive wife. She said, whatever you want me to do, I'm gonna have to do. And I'll tell them that you're my, you're my brother. But oh, Abraham, I want it to be known that you're my husband. I want it to be known that you belong to me. And Abraham said, oh, it'll be all right. Pharaoh looked upon her and saw she was fair. Hey, man, and they said, who is she? And she said, he's my brother. And Abraham said, she's my wife. I would rather that she's my sister. Church, I want you to note something right there. The whole plan of God could have got fouled up. The whole plan of God could have got twisted. Hey, man, if they would have took Sarah, hey, man, and had their way with her, it would have been a terrible situation. But I'm telling you, God was on the scene. And God was saying, listen, Abraham, hey, man, if you trust in me, I'm going to take care of you. Don't fear for your life. Don't take your personal preference. Hey, man, and let that control your life. You let God be fair, Abraham. If I can take care of you in the wilderness, I can take care of you in front of Pharaoh. I'm not going to leave you alone. Hey, man, and Pharaoh took his wife, hey, man, and took her into his harem. And about that time, the Spirit of God spoke to him. Hey, man, this, this is another man's wife. Hey, man, and, and Pharaoh came back to Abraham. And he said, Abraham, why did you do that to me? That's not the right thing to do. You jeopardize me. But Abraham was jeopardizing the promise of God. For she was going to be the carrier of that son with the lineage of God. Come on. Abraham, don't fear. Hey, man, somebody said, but brother, what does he do? didn't doubt the promise. No, he did not. But his own personal fear took over and let it control his life. Folks, I'm telling you right now, the reason folks can't trust God anymore, they let their own personal fears take over.
I'm basing all I don't know. I don't know what situation I'm going to get in. But I want to tell you tonight, friend, God's still the same. God's still the same. My God is still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Pharaoh said, you get your wife and you get out of here. Man, you almost caused me a bunch of problems. You get out of here. And Abraham took his wife and he left that place. A few chapters later, amen, the Bible said he came into another city. Amen, again, the same thing prevailed. Evidently, this facade had taken place over quite some period of time. And Abraham now, here he was, in a situation that his wife, his personal safety, became very, very important to him. Folks, I'm telling you right now, we need some old-time people that have believed God and forget about personal safety and say, God, whatever it takes, no wonder there's no churches being started and no wonder there's no revival fires beginning to burn. Folks are wondering what society might say. Hey, man, when visitors come, they say, quiet it down. Let's don't get excited like we used to. Folks don't like that shouting. I don't care if they like it or not. They need to see old time Pentecostal power. They need to see old time Holy Ghost move. They need the gifts of the Spirit in operation in our churches today. Oh, hallelujah. Many a Bible-believing preacher has been pushed back in a shell because he puts his own personal safety amen, ahead of the will of God. Oh, hallelujah. But we're talking about Abraham. I know we're talking about Abraham. But if you'll read the scripture, you'll find that Abraham feared for his life. Sure he did. Finally, when they went up, amen, to another city, according to the word of God in Gerar, amen, Abimelech saw Abraham's wife. And man, she was a good-looking woman. Amen, there's something about Bible-believing ladies. They're good-looking ladies. Amen, something about their holiness and something about their godliness. Amen, folks, I'm telling you, there's no more beautiful women in the world than a godly woman who loves God and serves God in the beauty of holiness. And Abraham said, listen, honey, we're going down to Gear now. I don't want you to tell them you're my wife. But Abraham, you remember the trouble it caused us the last time. Why in the world don't you let me tell them that you and I are married? You're going to jeopardize the promise, Abraham. You're going to jeopardize the will of God, Abraham. Whatever you do, Abraham, let's just put it all on the table. You're going to be holding us, be holding us. You're going to be apostolic, be apostolic. If you're going to be Pentecostal, be Pentecostal. If you want to love God, love God. If you're going to serve God, serve God. And Elimelech said, man, that woman is a good looking woman. And the Bible said that he took her. Notice this now. The devil will take every opportunity to pull the blessing of God right off from under you. I don't know how Abraham felt when he turned around and that beautiful wife, you said, but, but Brother Willis, hey man, it didn't matter to him. It did matter to him. It did matter to him. Several years ago, hey man, my boy got so sick, he laid on the couch and he, 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 he was into double pneumonia. He laid there and shuddered in the middle of the night. And people would come to the house and say, preacher, he's dying. And I knew he was in bad shape. 
But I just had a word from God that God was going to take care of everything and everything was going to be all right. And he laid there and he would shake and shudder. And he just gasping for his last breath. And I never will forget, Sister Willis and I got down on our knees right there beside that couch where he was laying. And we said, God, we know that you can take him anytime you want to take him. And we know that you can snatch him out for you brought him into this world and you can take him away. And we prayed until we were so exhausted, both of us fell asleep on our knees and did not wake until the sun rose the next morning. And when the sun rose, praise God, so did that child up off of that couch. He looked at us without any gargle. He looked at us without any pain. He looked at us without any sickness. And he said, Mom and Dad, I'm hungry. Hey, man, friend, I'm telling you right now, you got to push your personal fears back and let God take, oh, my God, you got to let God take control. Push them fears back, Abraham. You're the father of the faithful. Abraham, through you, the seed is going to come. Abraham, push those fears back. Push them back. We find ourselves sometimes yielding to the fears of our flesh. <laughs> do we not? Oh, God will do it, I know, Brother Willis, but you've never seen a situation like this before. Abraham said, oh, if they kill me, Sarah, the promise will be gone. If they kill me, Sarah, the nations of the world won't be blessed. If they kill me, Sarah, then we're not going to see fulfilled what God said. Just tell them you're my sister and everything will be all right. And according to the word of God, amen, in the middle of the night, the angel of God spoken to Abimelech in a dream that night. He said, I want to tell you right now, you're a dead man. You're a dead man, Abimelech, because the woman you have is another woman's wife, man's wife. Abimelech, you've done wrong. You've trespassed. And Abimelech said, God, I didn't know she belonged to another man. And of an innocent heart, I took her into my harem. And I didn't transgress against her. And God said, no, you didn't because I kept you from it. Hey, man, you, you, I'm telling you, you're in trouble. And he said to God, God, here's what I'll do. I'll restore her back to Abraham. God said he's a prophet of Abimelech. And Abimelech began to fear and went and told his servants and said, oh, my, we've got ourselves in a world of hurt. We've got to make some kind of restitution. We've got to get things straightened out. But I like what he said when he went back to Abraham he said to Abraham what hast thou done unto me amen the thing you've done to me you ought not have done Abraham you ought to said she's my wife and trusted in God and everything would have been alright we got to learn to lean on the Lord we got to learn to trust in God amen my God, I feel like tonight in this day and time, we need some folks that'll be, say, be willing to say, I am apostolic and not ashamed. For we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God and the salvation. 
We're not ashamed to tell the world that we're at camp meeting in Loosedale, Mississippi. Amen. That we're apostolic from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. That we have something burning inside of us that the world does not have. That our reason our children come to church and sit on pews and trust in God and believe in the Lord is because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen. But somebody said, why did Abraham do that? Abraham done that because he was human just like you and I. But God was trying to let us know, amen, that Abraham realized right then and there from this day on I'm going to declare to the world, amen, that Sarah is my wife. I'm not going to hide around this brother and sister thing. I'm going to tell the world who I am. I'm going to tell the world about his power. I'm going to tell the world about his glory. Hey folks, I'm telling you right now, we need some young people to let them go to school and declare who Jesus is. We need some mothers that will go to town and tell who Jesus is. We need some sons and daughters who declare who Jesus is. Hallelujah. Amen. You can look apostolic at church, but if you roll that skirt up when you go to school, you're defeating the whole purpose of this thing. Bickway, Ohio, 19 and 67 or 68. Preached a revival in a small town in a small church in a church of 50. I might have told you this a couple of years ago. The church had never run over 50 people in 50 years. Went there and began to preach revival and God give us a glorious revival and young person after young person received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Preach to them, be a witness. They went to school and they asked the janitor, said, do you have a room that we can pray in in our school? And the janitor said, I have a janitorial office right down here. If you want to use that at lunchtime, I want you just to help yourself. And so at lunchtime, about four or five girls would gather in that janitorial room and they would begin to pray. Little did they realize that the door was not solid, that on the bottom of that door there was a vented door. Amen. And the sound carried out into the hall of that school. And for day after day during that revival, they would go to that room and they would call on God and God would anoint their prayers. And they would touch heaven, not ashamed of being apostolic. They come out of that room and they were lined up and down the hall laughing and jeering and pointing their finger and said, hey, you bunch of holy rollers with them girls. They just got the Holy Ghost. They didn't care. After about five or six days of old-fashioned prayer, not being ashamed and not afraid, friend, of the ramifications of what they were doing. Amen. When they came out on that sixth day after prayer, they were lined up and down the hall now. But it was not my friend jeering, but it was tears running down their faces Amen saying pray for me Pray for my home and pray for my dad They forgot about their personal fears And they said there's a promise In the name of Jesus Christ <laughs> Cannot tell you the numbers of young people That received the Holy Ghost in that church Today there's a thriving church in that city Amen And they're serving and glorifying God Abraham Abimelech said, Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to have been done. Abraham, you shouldn't have told me that. You jeopardized me and you jeopardized the promise. Abraham, you put us on a precipice that we could have fell off at any time. Abraham, you shouldn't have done that. And according to the word of God, you'll never find any time from then on 
that Abraham said that she's my sister. You'll never find any time from then on that Sarah said that he's my brother. But they began to declare full truth. We need to declare the full truth. In this camp meeting, we need to declare the full truth. Amen. In your church, you need to declare the full truth. In your life, you need to declare the full truth. In your everyday living, you need to declare the full truth of what God has done for you and how God has set you free. On the Thursday morning before we came here, I had a terrible fall. A terrible fall. I fell possibly eight or nine feet from where I was standing down to the ground and landed on the corner of a Bible stand full force laid out flat. I cut both of my arms very severely. I bruised my chest tremendously on the right side. I laid on the floor and called on Jesus. That's the only thing I knew to do. I didn't complain to Him. I didn't say, God, you've done me wrong. And I still haven't said that. But I laid there on that floor and told Jesus, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Brother Norris said, I heard you from the back of the building. You just kept saying, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And I still love him. Praise God. I still love him. And I'm not ashamed to say I love him. Praise God. Brother Allen was standing there beside me and he said, oh my God, Brother Willis, you're bleeding terrible. And, and I said, just get some rags and soak up the blood, but let me lay here. And I kept saying, I love you, Jesus. I don't know what God done. I have no idea, but I felt hard enough to kill a man. I don't know what I done, but I felt hard enough to shatter my rib cage. And I felt hard enough to break both arms with the cuts in my arms. I should have broken both. Amen. But I still say tonight, I love you, Jesus. I still say tonight, God, I'm not ashamed. I'm not going to say, amen, that I, I am a Christian and not really declare it. I want to shout it as loud as I can. I want to tell the world that I've been born again. I want to tell the world tonight, no, sir. I don't want to half lift this thing. I don't want to pussyfoot around and say, maybe I'm a Christian. I want you to know tonight beyond a shadow of a doubt that I believe that God is only one and that I've got to serve him for the depths of my heart Abraham learned a great lesson and I'm getting ready to close tonight thank God tonight I wasn't even able to preach but, but I want you to understand this as we go through the next two days of camp meeting I want you to make a declaration when you walk in the doors of God's house brother that I am not half Pentecostal amen but I'm a full fledged born again apostolic that down inside of my heart there's a burning spirit that when the Spirit tells me to shout, I'm not going to say I'm afraid to shout because I'm afraid what somebody might think. I want you to get out in that aisle and cut a rusty. Hallelujah. You hear what I'm telling you, young person? I don't want you to be afraid if your schoolmate comes, hey man, and they've never been in your church before. Don't worry about it. You let go and let God have His way and watch what God will do. Oh, hallelujah. He never fails. Musicians come, he will not fail. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Abraham might have feared for his own personal safety, but you will never find after his situation with Abimelech that he ever let his guard down again. God's going to answer prayer. And I'm going to be a full-fledged, born-again child of God.
My God, lift your hands and love him, would you, tonight? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah.